turn your Bible this morning to the book of Acts, Acts chapter number 17, Acts chapter number 17, and we certainly look forward to what the Lord has for us. Let me remind you, uh, Sunday school will be right after the service this morning. I want you to be in a Sunday school class, and uh, this morning I'm going to read several verses beginning with verse number 22 uh, down through verse number 31. Uh, it is certainly good for us to be reminded about what God did for us, about the Lord Jesus did for us, and the message ties in with that this morning. Acts chapter number 17, I begin reading the verse number uh, 22. Paul, of course, is in Athens, and if you think back, last Sunday was the conclusion of our missions conference. Uh, the week before, uh, I, I spoke from this chapter, but he is in Athens, and I want you to look at verse number 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Even of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, and therefore ye ignorantly worship him, declare I unto you. God that made the world and all things therein, seeth that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeth, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed in the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him, and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone, graven by art and man's device. And this time, in the times of this ignorance, God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. We'll look at this passage of Scripture this morning, but I want you to draw your attention to the end of verse number 30 and the beginning of verse 31. But now commandeth all men everywhere to repent, because he hath appointed... A day. <laughs> this morning I want to preach on this subject. Repent, judgment day is coming. Repent, judgment day is coming. Father, I pray this morning that uh, you'll meet with us. We've already been blessed uh, by the fellowship, by the singing, uh, the Spirit of God, which is obvious and evident. And Father, I pray this morning that uh, you'll be with the message. May the Holy Spirit of God lead me and guide me and empower me this morning. Uh, Father, I pray that if there's one here who's yet to put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, they would do it this morning. Uh, perhaps they are depending on something other than what Jesus has done. May they realize that this morning and uh, realize that they must put uh, their entire belief on the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray for those of us who are saved this morning. May we be reminded once again of how precious our salvation is. 
May we rejoice in our salvation. And may, as we've already heard this morning, may uh, we realize that uh, we must press on because of what the Lord Jesus has done. We must continue because uh, we are saved this morning. And I pray that your will will be done. Uh, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Paul is preaching, as the Scripture tells us, in Athens on Mars Hill, uh, that place that was dedicated and known uh, for false gods. If you know anything about world, if you study world history and study uh, the city of Athens, it is it is well known for its mythology. Uh, it's well known for its advancement in philosophy and its advancement in, in higher learning, if you will. And uh, they have put all of their beliefs into these things. And now, uh, the Apostle Paul, as he was known to do, as he enters into from town to town and village to village and city to city, he comes to this pagan land. He comes to this pagan city and he begins to preach unto them and preach against their false gods, preach against their false ways. And we find some interesting um, uh, things here in this passage of Scripture and things for us to be reminded this morning. And this morning as the Lord, I had two or three different messages I was praying about preaching this morning. The Lord brought this one to me and uh, the title, Repent, because uh, the day of judgment is coming. And, and I know it's summertime. I know we have a lot of people on vacation. We ran our buses yesterday. And, and generally it's the same crowd throughout the summertime. But uh, the Lord wanted me to bring this message this morning. And perhaps there's one of you, you're depending on a religion to get you to heaven. And I'm here to tell you this morning, that's not going to get you there. Maybe you're depending on traditions to get you to heaven. I'm here to tell you this morning, that's not going to get you here. But there is crowd who, who probably the majority are saved, and we, we celebrate every week uh, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, perhaps this morning you and I do need to just take a few moments and understand and appreciate what God has done for us. Let's notice by way of introduction this morning, uh, from our text this morning, verses 22-24, through 24, we find Paul addressing the worship of false gods. Uh, he speaks to them about their false gods. In verse 22, he says, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. Uh, it, is, it is not a feeling that we need to worry about. It's just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, let me just throw this in this morning. After you're saved, there's too much... Uh, well, I, I, don't, I, don't, I have to feel it as a Christian. And if I feel like this is what I'm supposed to do, friend, so much of the Christian life is just doing what God has instructed us to do. It's just following the Word of God. There's some Christians that once saved, always saved. You're a little too superstitious in how you follow God. And you need to just follow the Word of God and be obedient to Scripture. He says, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. Have you ever noticed those who worship a false god? How superstitious they are? And this morning, uh, if, you're not, if it's not the Lord Jesus Christ, the, the Jesus of the Scripture, and they're depending on something else, uh, they're, they're worshiping a false god. There's a lot of quote-unquote religions in our world today. False religions, cults, 
And even those who say they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you think of the superstitions they have, uh, from the dress they wear, to the little statues that they have, to the, the little rituals and prayers that they must pray, it's superstitious, friend. And when I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, that, that took care of everything, and His payment on Calvary finished it, and it is done. I don't have to live in fear, I don't have to live, uh, I better they take care of this and this today so I can get to heaven. And there's no superstition involved, it's just belief. But then he goes on to talk in verse 24 the fact that God made the world and all things therein, seeing that He is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Those, those great temples that were built in this day, and how in those temples dwelled their quote unquote gods. And they would go to those temples to worship. And they would go there to pay their homage to their God and they would make their, their sacrifice to their God and they would go there to worship their God. And he reminds them uh, in the book of Acts here, he says, uh, the, the God that made heaven and earth dwelleth not in your temple. He is pointing out here that God cannot be confined to a quote-unquote house of worship. But He's allowed this to influence us even today. Well, I'm going to go to church to worship God. Friend, I worshiped God this morning before I came to church. I worshiped God yesterday. I worshiped God the day before. Now, we can worship God while we're here, but there are too many of us are superstitious, and i got to go to the worship center to worship God. Friend, I don't have to go to church to worship God. He's with me all the time. But this is what He's saying. You've built your false God to dwell in your temple, and you can't contain them there. When you think about that, you think about religions that you know of today, it sounds very familiar, does it not? It says in verse number 25, Neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needeth anything. See if he giveth to all life and breath in all things. Oh, you see, you, 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 he's speaking to them, and you can see this in our day we live in. It's like, uh, if this is supposed to be their God, uh, why is He so needy? The book of Psalms talks about a God that doesn't need to eat, a God that doesn't need to drink, a God that doesn't, because He's the God above all things. And if God has a need, is He really God? But he talks that they will worship with men's hands as though He needed anything to see if He gave it to all life and breath and all things. We see him addressing their worship of false gods. Friend, if you're worshiping false gods, you're not worshiping the true God. And that's why you've got to understand that so maybe as you grew up in a certain religion, you grew up in a certain tradition, you've got to repent of that, turn from that, and believe only on the Lord Jesus Christ it is a belief with the heart. He then begins in verse 26 through 28 to address the fact that we are all God's children. We all have to be reminded of that today, don't we? We're all God's children. Well, yes, we are. All created by God. Well, you can go to the four corners of this world and every nation and, and every tribe and every, 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 every uh, uh, race and, and nation and all of these different people from the four corners of the earth. God created them all. 
There is no exception to the fact that God is the Creator. And by the way, let me just interject this here just because I feel felt feel well to interject it here. That's one of the, the greatest wrongs and disservices of our public school education is to teach our young people that they were not created by the Almighty. They were not created by God. Friend, you didn't evolve. You were created by God. You cannot go to anywhere on this planet and not find a people, a group of people that God did not create. See, that is a systematic tool of the devil because if God did not create me, then He has no ownership of me. If God did not create me, I don't need His Savior. If God did not create me, I can choose my own God. I can choose my own belief system. And friend, Paul reminds them, every one of us are created by God. He is the Creator of all men. He then in verse 29 addresses that God is the Almighty and not created by man. Notice verse 29. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone graven by art in man's devices. But if we, we are the children of God, if we are created by God, then why is it that the creation therefore goes and creates God? Do you realize that if your God had to be created, He has no power? He has no ability? It doesn't even make, it's not even logical to think that we are created by God and then we got to turn around and create God. That doesn't even work. There has to be the Almighty who is not, that has no need of being created and fashioned in gold and silver or some other uh, material. Friend, He is the Almighty. Paul begins to address that. that. God is the Almighty and He's not created by man. That's why we have to be very, very careful to not fall into, uh, even as after Christians fall, fall into traditions that that were created as a as a as a as a belief system from the worship of false idols. He begins to tell them after addressing the worship of false gods and addressing the fact that we are all God's children. He then addresses the fact that God is the Almighty. He is the Creator. And He's not created out of anything that man can fashion. By the way, our world today, in our nation today, uh, we, we, we do have those who worship idols fashioned by hands, but, but a lot of times it's, it's, it's the, the, the God that is created in the mind. It's, 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 it's an education system. It's a philosophy. It's, it's traditions that we put above the God who created all things. Then in verse number 30, we see that this great preacher begins to address the need to repent of their idol worship. He did not go in there and try and find common ground so that they could come to a compromise. He immediately began to address the fact that they were worshiping the false gods. He began to address the fact that yes, we are all God's children, and he brought some reason in there. If we're all God's children, then how can we create our God? And then in verse number 30, as I've already mentioned, we've already seen, he, 
he become, he he gets down uh, to to the, the crux of the message and the need to repent at the times of this ignorance. God winged that, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Friend, if there's a message that we need in our world today, it is the same message. You're worshiping your false gods, and all we like to hear from liberal media and those who believe in secularism is, we're all God's children, and what they want to define that as and use that. Therefore, we all can pick our God. We all have our different gods because we all have different cultures. Friend, there is one Creator that is the Almighty. He is the Creator of all men. There is one God. All other gods are false gods. And Paul addresses this, and then he tells them it's now time to repent because judgment day is coming. This morning, if you are lost without Christ, you're depending on whether it's praying through, uh, to an idol that's supposed to be uh, the Virgin Mary or whether it's, it's praying to a crucifix or whether it's praying to some other little God or whether it's you've created a God in your mind that, that you're going to mix with the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, I'm here to tell you this morning that no false God is ever going to get you closer to, to, to God in heaven. It'll take you to the fiery pits of hell and you cannot worship a false God and the true God. And we must understand that there's one Savior for all men. And you need to be reminded this morning that there is a time to repent and that time is now because judgment day is coming. Christian, this morning you and I need to be reminded of what God saved us from. You and I need to be reminded that this world is still blinded Blinded in their own sin, blinded in their own belief system, and and you and I must be an example, and you and I must be willing and ready to explain to them that there's only one way to heaven, and that's through the Lord Jesus Christ. Very quickly this morning, let me mention some things about that judgment day. For now, commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Repent of their dependence on a false God. Repent in their unbelief of the true Creator and what He has established as salvation. In verse 31, there is much there that we'll see when it comes to that judgment day. First of all, let me mention this morning of the fact announced. Because He hath appointed a day in the which He will judge the world. God will judge the world. He will judge mankind. If you're born and reared and live and die in this great country, the United States of America, God is going to judge whether or not you've repented and depended on Him. Everybody, you name the nation, you name the group of people. God is going to judge every man. And we have that fact announced in verse number 31. Could you imagine the shock and the horror on these listeners' faces as Paul standing in the shadow of their great temples and the shadow of their false gods 
has now condemned their false gods, stating that there is just one God, the Creator of all things, and you need to repent because a day of judgment is coming. If you're here this morning, you're not for certain you're on your way to heaven. I'm here to tell you, there is a judgment day coming. There is a time when you will stand before the Almighty God and He will judge you. He will judge you in your sins. There's a Christian this morning ought to remind us and compel us to do even greater things in getting the gospel to those who don't have it. You and I, we live in the shadow of churches and most of us have more Bibles at home than some there are some villages and towns having their whole town and places in this world. And you and I need to be reminded that everybody we come in contact with, they're all going to stand before an Almighty God one day. And we need to be faithful and we need to be reminded to be a witness to them. But first of all, receive the fact announced. The second thing we see is the day is fixed because He hath appointed a day. Too many lost people live, but you're never going to have to deal with their lost condition. I, I do not know. And again, this is this is this is the middle of the summertime, and and with no big push, no big emphasis, and usually during this time, it's it's all of us who are normally here. But I don't know why I felt compelled to preach this this morning. Uh, but you can maybe you're sitting here week in and week out and week in and week out, and there's some doubt in your heart about your own salvation. You know that you're believing on something else, and you just don't want to deal with that. I'll do it at another time. I'll do it at another week. I'll do that. And another hour, friend, I'm here to tell you, there is a day on God's calendar when you will stand before God. And it'll get here quicker than you think. It's appointed when the man wants to die. That is an appointment on God's calendar. But Jesus says His coming when you and I will draw our last breath on this planet. And you may not have as much time as you think you have. You may, you may not have uh, the, 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 the hours that you think you have to make this decision. You better get it settled today because uh, it is announced, the fact is announced that there is a day of judgment. The day is fixed. He has appointed a day. You think about that when all men who have ever lived who rejected the payment for their sins the day will come when they will stand before an almighty, righteous God. And He will judge them. This world will say, oh, you Christians just like the judge. Oh, no. It's not the judgment of a Christian you need to worry about. It's not the judgment of a church you need to worry about. It's the judgment of the Creator of all things. It's the judgment of an almighty, holy, righteous God. That is the judgment that you should be concerned about today. The day is fixed. It is going to happen. Thirdly, this morning, I want you to notice the standard indicated because He hath appointed a day in the which He will judge the world in righteousness. Well, I can't tell you how many times I've had a conversation about an individual's soul, their soul, and, and they begin to give an argument on their behalf of how good they have been and 
what a good person they have been and they're not as bad as so and so and they've never done this and that. But friend, I must remind us as I remind them, the Bible says there are none righteous, no, not one. The Bible even tells us all the good works we do, they are like the filthy rags that a leper would wipe the pus from their sores in the sight of God. That's the best that we have to offer an Almighty God in His sight. All right, those dirty, filthy, disease-ridden rags that would be used to, to clean some sores. And friend, you and I can do nothing to approach a holy God without the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm here to remind all of us this morning that the standard has been set. It has not been set by you. It has not been set by me. It has not been set by any man, but in a holy and, a, and, and the Almighty God who says righteousness will be the standard. The only righteousness you and I have this morning is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself with the last point, but one day uh, when, God, when God sees me, He sees me as, as righteous. If you're saved this morning, He sees you as righteous, not because of your good works, not because uh, the scale, you've got more good works than you have bad works. And by the way, I don't know if that man exists who can put more good works on the scale than his bad works, but it's not because of that, it's because of the applied blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is where we get our righteousness. That is where we get our holy, and that's where we stand before God. He sees the righteousness, not of you and I, but of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the standard. Church membership is not the standard. Uh, good works is not the standard. The Catholic Church is not the standard. The Methodist Church is not the standard. The Mormon Church is not the standard. The Muslim Church is not the standard. The Pentecostal Church is not the standard. The Baptist Church is not even the standard. The standard is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is that which is righteous. He is the only one who is righteous. And friend, you better not stand before God one day not having met that standard because all of those who fall short of the standard of righteousness to the Lord Jesus Christ, the words they will hear echo through their mind through all of eternity is depart from me. I never knew you. You must stand before God having met the standard. This morning you ought to search your own heart and search your own soul to be assured that you've met the standard that God has set. And friend, as Christians and as soul winners and a church like this that is busy giving out the gospel, you and I must be reminded that when we stand before people, it's not their sincerity that we're concerned about. It's not what they have done in their life that we're concerned about. But are they going to meet the standard when they stand before an Almighty God? And the only way that standard can be attained is by applying the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, God does not keep it a secret from His creation of what is needed. He does, Paul reminds them and reminds us that false gods are not going to allow us to get to the Almighty. But we're reminded that we must repent because there is a judgment day coming and 
that day is fixed and the standard has been indicated. And fourthly, we see the judge designated. Because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. There's this little two-letter word, by that man whom he hath ordained. That man whom he hath ordained is not the Pope, ladies and gentlemen. That man whom he hath ordained is not a man born of a woman, flesh and blood, like any other man. That man is the Lord Jesus Christ, who God Himself has ordained to be the judge. By that man whom He hath ordained, whereof He hath given assurance unto all men, and that He hath raised Him from the dead. Friend, the one who is going to judge, that righteous judge, is the one whom God has designated to be the payment for the sins of mankind. See, there will be no excuses. Because that excuse will be offered to the very one who shed His blood to pay that sin debt. How futile is it going to be for someone to say, hey, I was a good Catholic. I was a good Baptist. I was a good church member. I did all of these works. How how futile would that effort be when the judge who is the one determining their righteousness or not is the very one who is righteous, the very one who shed His blood so that they might be saved, the very one that they rejected for their salvation That is the judge. I'm afraid lost man forgets the fact it's not the local Baptist preacher they've got to convince that they're saved. It's not the person they go to church with they've got to convince that they're saved. It's not their neighbor. It's not their, 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 their loved one. One day they'll stand before the, before the righteous judge who knows who are his and knows who rejected him, and that is the judge who will determine whether or not they accepted the payment that he has set. You say, well, I don't know that I like that. I didn't set it up that way. God himself ordained it of so, and so if you have not accepted Christ as your personal Savior, believed only on him, repenting of your, your, your false beliefs, believing on something else, everybody either worships an idol or worships God. You say, well, I don't have no idol in my, my house I, I worship. Well, if you're depending on you to get you to heaven, that's your God. Can I just interject how sad would it be for you to depend on you to get you to heaven? When God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth on Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. The, the, the payment has been made. The way has been made. All you have to do is stop believing on you. Stop believing on some other man. Stop believing in some belief system and say, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the judge. Then that, that person you work with, 
the Holy Spirit of God has impressed upon you to give them the gospel. You talk yourself out of it because well, they seem to be a good person. They go to church themselves. Well, friend, the Holy Spirit of God is impressing upon you. You can give whatever conversation you want. They'll not stand before you one day. They'll stand before the righteous judge who knows whether or not they've accepted Him. Because without the applied blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, you and I have no good thing to offer. Well, we as Christians, we must be busy reminding all the day's coming. Time's running out. The date on God's calendar is set. When that judge who has been designated is the same one who shed his blood, what excuse are you going to give then? See, this morning, I believe the Lord Jesus Christ will, I believe the Holy Spirit of God will impress on a, on a pastor to preach a message like this and There'll be an invitation and nobody will move other than Christians being thankful or, uh, for what God did for them. And, or God impresses somebody on their heart to pray for so they might be saved. Uh, but, but, but this morning, it may not be anybody moved for salvation. I believe that God impresses, the Holy Spirit of God impresses on the heart of a preacher to do that from time to time. Because then when that lost person who the Holy Spirit of God turns on their heart week after week and they know they're depending on something else, when they stand before that righteous judge and begin to offer an excuse, that judge can say, oh no, oh no, the Holy Spirit of God impressed upon the pastor to stand and preach that the fact you can't believe on anything other than the Lord Jesus Christ and you did not move, you rejected it, you stayed lost in your pride, in your sin, and you did not respond to the leading and the conviction of the Holy Spirit of God. Friend, time is running out. Paul says, and I echo it today, repent, the day of judgment is coming. And if you're not saved this morning, this could be I don't know that it is, but it could be your last opportunity to trust Christ as your Savior. If you will not accept Him today, you will stand before Him one day. I would accept Him today. Christian, may we allow the message today, the reminder from Scripture, that this world is dying without Christ will go to a devil's hell. How we need to be busy telling everyone the day is coming. The day is coming. Well, well we hear all the excuses. Well, I, I, I attend church. Wonderful. But that doesn't make you righteous. Now, I'm a good person. Well, that, that word good is a relative term, but that does not make you righteous. But we must be busy doing the Lord's work. We must be busy telling others about what Jesus did. Friend, this morning, this morning, God sent me here to remind all of us of how we attain salvation is through the Lord Jesus Christ. 
But I wonder this morning if the Holy Spirit of God impressed upon me to bring this message because there's somebody in the middle of the summer with no extra push for visitors or no extra push for, for, for more riders. We ran our buses yesterday, but I wonder if the Holy Spirit of God sent me here this morning because there's someone, someone who is yet to turn from believing in something other than Christ to believe in Him. As we go to invitation this morning, I want to remind you it's all there in, in Scripture. The fact that there is a judgment day coming has been announced. There is a time on God's calendar. You and I do not define the standard. The standard is righteousness and that can only be obtained through the Lord Jesus Christ. And He is the one who is the judge rose again from the dead having paid the sin debt of all mankind. Father, I pray this morning that You'll be in this time of invitation. Holy Spirit of God, I pray that You'll work in hearts this morning. I pray that You'll impress upon the child of God, the one who has trusted in the Lord Jesus, the burden the need to be a witness. Maybe the Holy Spirit of God has impressed upon the child of God the face or a name of someone who they need to share the gospel. This morning I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that if there's one who is not trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ, may the conviction that has been building may become overwhelming to the point where they've got to say yes and put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. I pray that you'll bless this time of invitation. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you're here this morning and you would say, Pastor, I'm 100% sure I'm on my way to heaven, I know, I know, I know that in God's sight I am righteous today because of the applied blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I can go back to a time in my life when I put my faith and trust in Him. I'm 100% sure I'm on my way to heaven. If you just slip your hand up this morning, thank you. Put your hands down. I wondered this morning, who is it? Who is it? Who is it that if you were to die right now, you'd go straight to a devil's hell because you're depending on another God than the Lord Jesus Christ? Who is it? Say, Pastor, would you pray for me this morning? Well, I normally don't do this, and when I, I gotta be honest with you before we stand, I gotta be honest with you, I, I fought God today to preach this message. This is not the message I wanted to preach. And as the service began, I asked Him one more time, I said, God, I don't, I don't see anybody here that, 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 that might need this. I don't see anybody here, but can I just, be completely transparent this morning as I was preaching this morning the Holy Spirit of God impressed upon me that there is somebody here
who needed this message. The question this morning is whether or not you're going to let your pride stand in the way of you trusting Jesus. You're going to have an opportunity in just a moment. Before we stand to our feet, and we stand to our feet in a moment, Christians will be responding as the Holy Spirit leads them. I want soul winners to be aware. I want Christians to be aware of who is around you. I'd rather somebody get asked. Again and again, if they know for sure they're going to heaven. So follow the of the Holy Spirit this morning. For I don't want anybody to die and go to hell. We certainly know that's true about our God, the fact that He sent His Son, His only begotten Son. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. The piano begins to play. God has spoken to you this morning. I invite you to come.